Today I'm going to be talking about how ACT or SAT um, scores can lead to scholarships. Okay. Now, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Treasure Shields Redmond, and I am known as the Debt Free Degree Expert. I help busy parents of college bound teens secure top tier education without massive debt. So <laughs> I do that at gettheacceptanceletter.online, and that's where. Uh, there's a community of parents who are sharing information, who I come in and give live training to, do one-on-one -on -one coaching with them and their college-bound teen in order to lead them to a debt-free degree. Yes, Praxis Feinhart. So today I just wanted to talk briefly about the ACT or the SAT, either one that you're taking. I'm going to talk about how to choose. Uh, between them. That's something that parents ask me all the time. But most of I'm going to talk about how those tests, tests can lead to scholarships and a debt-free degree. Now, usually, uh, if people would read my uh, title, how ACT or SAT scores can lead to scholarships, they think in, you know, the most obvious way. You get a great SAT score, you get a 1600, or you get a 36 on the ACT, and when you apply to the school, they see your extraordinary score, and then they give you a full ride to the school. And yes, it is possible. It is possible that people with extraordinary test scores and extraordinary, coupled with an extraordinary GPA, will get a, um, a, a free ride to school. And if your child is that person, hurrah for you. Most of us, our child is not that person. <laughs> a lot of children are. But for most of us, our college-bound teen is not that person. So let's talk about this in a little bit more of a nuanced way. Now, um, according to the ACT and the SAT upcoming test dates, um, there's the next test date is going to be September uh, for the ACT. And you have to be registered by August 10th. Um, and you've missed registration for the very next SAT test. So the next one you could register with, register for, is for October 6th. That is when there will be another SAT test, and you have to be registered by September 7th. Now, if you are a parent of a rising junior, meaning they will be in the 11th grade this year, then I suggest you have them take one of the tests, if they haven't already, as soon as possible, ASAP. You want to get a baseline. You want to see where their strengths and weaknesses are so that you can play to their strengths. Um, and then I would space the retakes, no more than two. They've done the statistics. And, you know, taking it over and over again, there's a point of diminishing return. So I would say no more than two. You're going to space those retakes for this rising junior, someone who's going to be in the 11th grade this year, uh, so, that you, so that you all have a score 
that you feel happy with by the summer before senior year begins by the summer before senior year begins so you would have to look at the test at the list of test dates and decide okay if we take for instance uh, if we take the SAT in October and we think that there's room for improvement we might want to skip the next two or skip one and then take the one in December and then take the final one that we might want to try in May, right? That's what you might want to do. Now, if you are the parent of a rising junior, of a rising senior, oh, this is what I want to tell also the parents of rising uh, juniors. My son used the ACT's online test prep. It was 39 or $40. I think it was $39 and some change. And so he took the test at the beginning of his 11th grade year, and then he retook it in the spring, uh, the final semester of his 11th grade year. And when he retook it, he made a significant jump, uh, and it was a score that matched with, matched with the needs for scholarships for the schools that he had been matched with. So the online ACT prep, as I said, was only $39. It was self-paced. He would take a practice test, and then we, would, we might talk about the score, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, there was a semester in between when he first took it and when he retook it. So it was very relaxed. I would check on it once a week. Uh, and I also think a lot of his success had to do with number one he was now comfortable with the test he understood it number two i took advantage of his um uh, of the the advantages afforded him because he had some learning differences so he was able to get extra time on the test and some items read aloud um and number three we played toward his strengths so um even though he did do some math tutoring and try to you know, try to improve the math, really his focus was the reading in English and that's what gave him the high score. So I would advocate trying to, if they're below, uh, if they're below average with one uh, section, whether it be math or English, try to get them to average. But if they're above average on a section, then try to really play to that and have them do well on that one. Uh, for the SAT, the Kaplan offers limited test, limited free test prep and then a much pricier uh, paid option. So at this point, people usually ask me, which one should my child take? Should my child take the SAT or the ACT? So this is what I'll tell you about that. Regarding the sections, the ACT has four required sections, English, Reading, Math, and Science. The SAT has two required sections, writing and language and math. Regarding scoring, you can get a composite score of a 1 through a 36 on the ACT. Each section is worth 1 through 36 points. For the SAT, you can get a composite score of 400 through 1600, and each section is worth between 200 and 800. Emphasis, this is where we find what may make you decide one or the other. 
For the ACT, all four sections count the same. Reading, English, and science are all variations on verbal skills. So that means that about 75% of the test is verbal. So if your child is a strong reader, I recommend the ACT. On the ACT, math is 25%. It's just one-fourth of your total score. So if you have a child for whom math is not their picadillo, it's not their favorite, then I say ACT. Now, with the SAT, both sections count the same. Remember, it's writing and language and math. They both count the same. Math is 50%. So if you have a child where the math is their jam, I recommend the, the SAT. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They're both roughly, you know, almost four hours. They'll have to sit in there uh, about four hours. Uh, and they both have an optional essay. All right. So for the parents of seniors, it is go time. I was just talking about people who's, who have uh, rising juniors. But if you're the parent of a senior, it's go time. If your child is a rising senior, meaning they will be in the 12th grade next year, I would recommend using the October 6th ACT, SAT as the date, uh, date as your final try for a best score. And for those taking the ACT, I would recommend September the 8th as your final try. Why? Because it is to your extreme advantage to fill out the FAFSA as soon as it opens on October 1, send off college applications, preferably via the Common App by October 31st, and of course be applying for scholarships before, during, and after this. And this is going to result in acceptance letters even before your child leaves for Christmas break and more directly after the new year. This means more institutional money, that's money from the colleges in the form of scholarships, and, and a greater chance of a debt-free degree. So just like the FAFSA is a diminishing pot of money, so the earlier you fill it out, the more uh, aid, free aid your child is going to get, it's the same thing with the money allocated for scholarships at these colleges. It's a diminishing pot of money. So you want to apply as early as you can. You don't have to make your final decisions until May, but you need to apply as early as you can. That way you can get your um, your uh, financial aid award letters and be uh, you know comparing them. I just reposted on uh, Instagram the other day how a young lady uh, had gotten a great scholarship package from a school and then she just because she wanted a free trip and wanted to, you know, go hang out, she went to another school and discovered that she greatly preferred it. And so she luckily had the scholarship uh, offer and financial aid award package from the previous school. She showed it to that school and they, they matched it and made her offer better. So when you have this information, she obviously applied early if she was still being invited to schools during the time that people get acceptances. So that lets you know she had applied early. So that's how getting this ACT and SA thing, hey, prep for college, how are you doing? That's how getting this ACT and SAT thing together can lead to scholarships uh, and 
by proxy a debt-free degree. So have things in place like your scores, your taxes, in order to apply early. I hope that this was valuable for you. I so enjoy coming to you and telling you this information. I'm glad you're doing well, Prep for College. I'm doing fantastically well. Um, I'm wrapping up now, but I will see you all next time. My name is Treasure Shields Redman, and I am the debt-free degree expert. I help busy parents of college-bound teens secure top-tier education without massive debt. I do that at gettheacceptanceletter.online, where you should look me up and get a free list of seven places you can find millions of dollars in scholarships. So I will see you guys next time.